welcome along to the Property Academy podcast. I'm your host, Eric Knight. And I'm Andrew Nicholl. And today on the show, we're talking about how to convince your husband to get into property, to start investing Ed wants some you. advice. He's having trouble convincing his husband, it seems. <laughs> <laughs> and we're actually going to do a three-part series now about the money mindset, how to get in the right mindset to start investing and overcome some of the fears and barriers that are stopping you. And this has come off the back of our podcast in so many of you who have been listening for a while will remember a couple of months ago, we were talking about taking 10 of you out in each city in Queenstown, Auckland, Wellington, and I think it was Christchurch. And we've done the first two. We've done Christchurch and we've done Queenstown. And we've taken, two to go. And we've taken a group of 20 out in each of the first two cities, Christchurch, Queenstown. And it's been amazing They've meeting been people. Fun. They have been great fun. Actually having the two-way conversation rather than us just talking at each other. It's been really nice to meet the fans. Yeah, and we've been drinking a lot of house wine and had a lot of, time, <laughs> a lot of fun times. I tell today. you what, the Queenstown bunch, that they managed to do double the damage to the Christchurch bunch. Oh. Good effort. And the really interesting thing is that when I'm meeting you guys often – not always the case, but often one partner is really into the podcast and one is like, yeah, it's cool, but it's not my jam. Totally it's okay. Fine. There's always going to be an intelligent one in the relationship. <laughs> <laughs> and a couple of people have asked, well, how do I get my, my husband, my significant other, my wife, how do I get them or convince them to start investing in property with me so that we can do this together? Andrew, you deal with a lot of couples and in, in your role, putting together some plans, finding some properties. I'm sure you've seen this in the past. Yeah. How do you go about tackling this? So I used to be a lot more flexible with my meetings that I'd schedule. And I, if someone said, hey, I take care of everything when it comes to the finances, I'd book that in. So it might be a situation where maybe Mr's working and he has time to come into the office and have a, have a meeting and mum's at home and, and she's busy with the kids. And so they have a conversation and, and she says, look, you take care of it. I am yet to meet a guy or a girl who comes in by themselves and then starts investing without actually having that involvement. As much as people say that they've got the full permission of their spouse, there's that nervousness, as there should be, about signing up a $600,000 investment without running it past your spouse. And now the problem is, then you have to go and relay that information to your spouse and when you're learning something new and you're trying to take in all this information and you've got all these questions that you ask, then you go home and you sit down with your significant other and they ask something different because they think differently to you. Because often you might have one person that's more emotional and one person that's more logical. And they might say, hey, yeah, but what happens if all of a sudden we go backwards and we lose the house? All of a sudden you're thinking... Oh, God, okay, I don't have an answer for that. And then you come back. So anyway, this was a long-winded way of saying, nowadays, I will only see people if they at least have their meeting together. Because I think that when you're learning, or at least figuring out what you want to get out of property or whatever it is that you're learning about, you have to do the first part together. And I certainly agree with what you're saying here, that you've got to start with at least being on the same page when doing it. And there's a couple of different approaches I think that you can probably take, just speaking tactically with what you can actually do now. And I think it can probably start with an assessment of, well, is your partner more, more emotional or are they more logical? 
And this is about teasing out why you actually want to start investing in property. And look, at the start, you're not actually asking them to go and buy a house. You're asking them to just take the first steps and start doing something, whether that's have a meeting with somebody or to go out and start looking at properties. Now, if my partner was more emotional, I'd probably start with by talking about the shared goals that we have together about what we want to achieve together in the future and that property might be the mechanism for doing something. If my partner was very analytical, I'd probably just stick to the numbers and talk about, well, what's the cost of not doing anything? And in that case, it might be missing out on 500k worth of gain over a period of time and whatever it happened to be, but the cost of not doing something is X, Y, Z. Or maybe just even looking at the numbers of, of going, okay, well, if this is where we want to get to, we need to start saving $1,000 a week. That's not possible. We need to look at alternatives. I think the other thing that you'll pretty quickly come up against is you'll come up against their concerns. Often somebody will have a reason why they don't want to invest in property. And we might think, oh, that really shouldn't be a concern because of X, Y, Z reasons. It doesn't, it doesn't matter what we think about their concern. What's important is that we validate it that to them this is a real concern and therefore we've got to deal with it appropriately. So you've got to really treat any concern that your partner or your parent or whoever it is, whatever their concern is, you've got to treat it as legitimate and then walk them through it. And I want to give you an example of how this might actually go. So let's say that the husband's decided he wants to pay off the mortgage first and the other partner is really wants to invest in property. So if he was like, oh, maybe we should walk this through together, Andrew. Well, we're going to play this out, are we? Why don't we play this oh, out? Okay. You, you be the husband in this one. <laughs> Any excuse. So, honey, I, th- I think we should start investing in property. Yes, but we've got this big mortgage that's still got 30 years left. We need to get that paid off or else we'll never be able to retire. Well, just walk me through the thinking behind that. Well, we need the security, right? If we've got a house and we've got a mortgage on it, then at any time, you know, we, we might get into a situation where we can't pay it. So any spare money we have needs to be going into that right now. So security is the most important thing? Yes. Well, I feel like, I you're, feel like, I feel like you're going to trick me into something. You're using the words against me now. Well, look, I just feel like we can pay off the mortgage at the same rate we would otherwise be doing but we could probably be more secure if we invest in property and start by building our wealth at the same time. You make a good point. Well, look, it's, your conversation is not going to go something like that. No. But I think finding out what they're actually interested in and then trying to say, hey, look, property can be a means of getting us there more quickly. And it doesn't necessarily always have as much of a trade-off. If you are paying down your mortgage at perhaps more a week than you have to, you don't necessarily have to divert all of that into property investment, especially when your rates are very low, your interest rates are very, very low. So you can, in some ways, do both at the same time, which I think a lot of people probably miss, and they just don't know until you walk them through the numbers and tell them. And I think that for most people, particularly investors, new investors that I would work with, the fear is actually just not knowing and not understanding and, and, you know, not knowing that for a limited amount of money, you might be able to invest in property, having this in your mind that, oh, geez, there could be all this vacancy or what if we've got maintenance? Not having the answer to your questions is much more concerning than actually knowing what the risks are and then figuring out a way to mitigate them. Other thing I want to talk to you about in terms of a strategy you can use is we haven't talked about micro-commitments on this show yet, have we? No, that's the closest you're going to get from me, so carry on. (laughs) Well, I think the most important thing is that you're not going to be asking your partner, hey, 
let's go and buy this specific house and sign on the contract and go unconditional right now. I would not suggest that you say, <laughs> say your partner, let's go Unless invest in some like property. But you can say, well, what if we just went and looked at something? And if it was bad, if we didn't like what we saw, we wouldn't do anything. If there was a bad deal, you wouldn't do it. But should we just go look and see if there are any good deals out there? Should we just go put a plan together? Or, you know, should we just go and see someone for this first meeting, whether it's a mortgage broker or a property partner, whatever it happens to be, should we just do that first? And just see whether it's a good idea or not. And if it's not, then we don't have to do it. Honestly, I'm listening to you. I'm thinking, how many things have you tricked me and Callie into? (laughs) You're the master of manipulation, Ed. (laughs) No, it's because I really enjoyed the book Never Split the Difference by Chris Voss. And actually, I must admit, often in that book, if anybody's read it, they often say to use words like, it sounds like you want security. Or it sounds like security is the most important thing to you. I cannot use the words, it sounds like I'm hearing any of that anymore because it's been picked up. We know what's up, what. (laughs) But what I would say as well is when you're asking your partner questions about like, well, what are you thinking here? I would always avoid using why questions. Well, why is that important to you? Why are you thinking that? Why this? Why that? Because often it comes across as quite accusatory. Yes, yes. So you might say, just, just walk me through that thinking. Just, yeah, just, you've got to be very delicate with that. I don't, I don't know that that's quite the right tone. <laughs> delicate Ed is perhaps, you know, delicate like a sledgehammer. I think saying things like, oh, okay, I, I understand that, but let's just flesh this out a little bit more. Yeah. The other thing is, just because I want to give you guys some tips or some, some things you can actually use and go away and do, I do think the most important thing is if you are learning together. So one of the things that was really amazing when we were down at, again in Queenstown at this podcast, and Andrew, is there were quite a number of couples that would go along for, for long drives, you know, because in Queenstown you tend to drive a lot. And they would listen together to the podcast and then they'd hit pause and have a discussion about, you know, whether they agreed with something, whether they disagreed with something, whatever it happened to be. And so whether you're learning through the Property Academy podcast or you're learning through some other mechanism, whether you're reading a book or whatever it happens to be, I do think it's important that you guys get on the same page by listening to the same things, learning about the same things. I remember talking to a long-term listener of the show, Di, who's actually come on the show, and I know both she and her father would both read Tony's View and then after Tony's View came out they'd call each other and talk about it which I think is great because then you're speaking the same language and then you don't have to explain as many things to the other person because they already get it but also then you you have a bit more of a conversation and, and maybe someone else has got a different point of view and so you know I think that's useful as well and lastly, what, what else can somebody do, Andrew? So I guess the last thing you can do is get some outside help. So whether or not it's using a company like ours or, or someone independent to help guide you both through this, like, like a marriage counsellor for whatever you're trying to achieve, because it's also good to get a third person's opinion and just maybe someone with a bit of experience and kind of navigating through some of the concerns that your partner might have. And I guess in those situations, generally speaking, a financial advisor does have experience working with couples and kind of managing the two different things that each couple wants. And I suppose one of the things that I've found as well, Andrew, is you do end up as a financial advisor, not that I'm a financial advisor, full disclosure, but asking what each partner wants and kind of hearing it out and then trying to forge a path that gives both people what they are looking for or some mix of what they are both looking for so that they can fully support the financial decision. Because the worst case is that one partner goes out, buys all this property, and then the market goes down. GFC hits. GFC hits. (laughs) Something bad happens. And then 
you're the one who lost the money. You <laughs> lost our money. You know, yeah. that is the worst thing. No, 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 no. We lost our money. <laughs> Kelly. That would, that would not go down very well. And I think the other thing that you do have to consider at some point, and you did touch on this, Andrew, is whether you actually need to have your partner on board for the whole time. No, I don't think you need to have them on board for the whole time. I think having the clearly defined goals together and knowing exactly what you're working towards and how you're going to do it, that's the important part. The day-to-day stuff like finding a property and managing it, you can leave that up to one party. And in fact, I know at the Auckland event, We've got a couple coming along and she works full time and he's big on the property investment. And so he's been listening to the property podcast. You might, you're probably listening to it now. So I'm talking about you and he's done really well sourcing the properties with our team and, and finding the right investment. Now she trusts him to go and do that, but they've come together to learn about how they're going to do it and set the parameters on what they're going to invest in, which I think is great. Because at the end of the day as well, you're both going to be on the mortgage application. <laughs> so you do want to at least be on board with the goals that you're doing. But I know as well, I've talked to other investors, Andrew, where you talk to one of them and they say, well, you know, are you both both on the same page about this? Oh, no, no, no. I don't know how much debt we would have because it would scare me too uh, much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I've you might have that. told me that yes, one. Yes, yes. I had a guy uh, in recently and his wife said to him, and they're, they're, they're like in retirement, wife said to him, how much debt do we have, honey? And he said, do you really want to know? And she said, actually, no. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's wrap it up there. But please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. Really does help us get the message out to more people. And hey, speaking about debt, make sure you tune in tomorrow because we're going to be talking about good debt versus bad debt and whether there is any good debt at all. So make sure you tune in. We're going to be discussing that for part two of the Money Mindset series. And hey, we've only just released the second episode of The Deal. This one stars Blair Chapel from Williams Corporation. So if you want to watch it and find out whether Blair comes in and gets a deal, go to thedeal.co. You'll be able to watch the second episode of that. listening to the Property Academy podcast. I'm your host, Emma Knight. I'm Andrew Nichols. And we're going to be back again tomorrow with even more daily strategies, tactics and insights to help you get the most out of the New Zealand property market. Until next time.